welcome to the Thanota Sasset Church of God podcast. We hope this teaching will bless you. Share with us what God is doing in your life. Send us an email at thanotasasacog at gmail.com. Are you ready? Let's go. Uh, I'm so thankful that Wayne is actually, he's going to come and he's going to preach. So uh, let's get behind him. I know God's going to use him. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap of praise as he comes? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, hello and good morning, the known as the Church of God. I take this as an honor and a privilege, you know, um, never take lightly that you get an opportunity to preach the Word of God or teach the Word of God. And just to throw out there, I, I am the youth pastor here, and these are the skinniest jeans I have, okay? So, the, the, <laughs> so I thought I would wear them today. But um, a lot of times... In life, and what I want to talk about is life circumstances, and we're all hit with them every day, whether it's the death of a loved one, whether it's your finances, anything in your life can come at you in this life, because we, even though we are believers and we have Jesus, as long as we are here in the flesh, we're still susceptible to the things in this world, and they can come at us, and they can become trying times. Um, but before I get into that, I just want to say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, God. I just pray to be a mouthpiece, Father. That's it. Lord, your word's the one that's anointed, not me. God, I pray that you just minister to the hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 42. We're going to go over about five verses here. But what's so exciting about these verses for me and what I've learned about circumstances is that you're going to find that the psalmist here was exiled. For some reason, he couldn't get back into Jerusalem to worship God. But his attitude and his heart was ready to worship God. And that's what I want to talk to you all today about. It's about your attitude when trials come our way. Are we going to have that Christ-like attitude when things happen, or are we going to complain in our situation? So my question today, church, is what are the circumstances in our life right now keeping us from worshiping our Heavenly Father to the fullness of our abilities? Because as being in the flesh, we are only capable of so many things. Without God, all things are impossible without God. But when he, he is in our life and He is doing the things that He has called you to do in this life, He is strengthening you to do them. So is it a bad attitude today? Is it sickness? Is it doubt or an unanswered prayer? We have to remember that God's ways are not our ways. The things that we do go through in this life, we have to take the best out of the situations that happen. And majority of the time, we'll find that God never put us there. We put ourselves there because of impatientness in our life. So the psalmist in verse 1 says, As the deer pants for the water's brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. Are you panting for God in this life? Are you panting for his way of life, or are you panting for your way of life? Those are the questions. Those are the things that I, I, it comes across to my heart when I read the Word. Those things that He helps me think about. What am I really after in this life? 
is to be the child of God that he called me to be no matter what I'm going through, my circumstances. You see, we were blessed about two weeks ago in this congregation on a Sunday morning from Bob and Sister Margie, and, and they told us about their life stories, about what they went through and the circumstances that they faced in their life. And if it had not been for their faith in God, they may have crumbled. But their faith was strong, and that was an instance where they showed those, those, those are the instances that we're going to run into our lives. Because there's grandmas, grandpas, you know, people's gone through abortions, people's gone through drug addictions, people's lost children in here. There's so many circumstances that we've all been through. But each individual is different. So, even though the psalmist could not get to the temple to worship God, his attitude was in the right place. So he physically couldn't get back into Jerusalem to worship God. But his attitude and his heart and his longing and that desire to worship God was there. He did not have Jesus. You understand, Jesus had not yet come. But we do. We have Jesus. So we don't have to wait for the church doors to open or any church door to open to worship God where you're at. You can do it in your house. You can do it in your car. You can do it on your job. You can do it in your school, youth. You can do it anywhere. As long as you've got Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're right there to worship God. And that's what we need to remember. We belong to Him. If you've given your life over to Him, you belong to Him. You need to worship him like he's the everything, only thing that, you, that matters that you need because this world is dying. Right. We're dying. Everybody that's born is fading and getting older and older. You're not getting more time. Right. So number two, verse two says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before the living God? How thirsty are you for God, church? How thirsty are you? That's one of the questions that came up in my, in my soul when I was uh, writing out this and I was reading it. And God reminded me, he's like, how thirsty are you for me? How bad do you want me? What are you going to do to come to me? Are you going to get into my word? Are you going to worship? Are you going to seek after me? Because you know what? I know the plans that I have for your life. But you can't achieve them if you're not seeking after them. He's the only one that's going to help you get to what you were created to be in this life. There's five things to thirst for. Number one, we thirst for the living God, God Almighty himself. Be hungry. Be thirsty for him. Go after him. Number two, righteousness. Alone without God, we'll never be right. right. We're only right standing when we have Jesus. Jesus makes us righteous with God. Jesus makes us an heir to come home to heaven. Without Jesus, you will never make it home. Spiritual waters of salvation. And I've got a few more scriptures for that one. If you take and go, you don't have to go there, but um, in John chapter 4, 13 and 14, we're going to go to where Jesus was talking to the uh, Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus answered and said to her, 
whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, meaning the water from the well, just normal drinking water. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them will never thirst again, but the water that I shall give him will will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Everlasting life. That's flowing through you if you know who Jesus is. If he's the Lord and Savior of your life, that should be springing out of you every day. Every day. Even if life circumstances hit you, it goes back to your attitude and what you're going to believe and get through it. Are you going to hurt? Are there going to be sadness in your life? Yes, there's going to be sadness when these things come up. But the good news is when you have Jesus, you're not alone. You're never alone. It's only when the enemy is on your shoulder telling you that you're alone. We face so many crises, yet we start complaining so much that we cannot hear that still small voice of God because we're complaining too much about the situation. So therefore, instead of getting the comfort and peace that you need in your life, church, you're only dwelling in your own sin. You're dwelling in your own situation. You're making the circumstance worse because all you're doing is complaining about it. All you're doing is bringing it back up into remembrance, into remembrance, instead of getting on your hands and knees right there and just worship God Almighty right where you stand, no matter what's happening. Because in the end, if you think about everything that you have in this life, it's going to be gone. The, 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 the book of Revelation says it. John said, Behold, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down before this one. Don't get so worked up on the things in this life that's not going to matter because the thing that matters is your eternity. That's where you're going to be forever. And then uh, number four, wisdom and knowledge. Are you asking the Father for wisdom and knowledge in your life? You can ask him. You can ask him for these things because it's in James. James chapter 1. It says, verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Seek the wisdom of God, not man. Seek the wisdom of God, not man. So that way you can grow in your faith. You can grow in your walk with Christ. You can grow in your walk with the Father. And you can finally realize how much he loves you. And once you start going deeper into him, as Margie was teaching this morning, um, you start taking on the characteristics of Christ. That is what a believer, a Christian, we need to do. We need to portray the characteristics of Christ in our life no matter what we are doing, no matter where we're at. People need to see Jesus, not us. They need to know love. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, that's going to be in John 7. I'm old-fashioned. I use paper. I don't know electronic. Verses 37 through 39. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will by means no cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me I should lose nothing, but he should raise it up in the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, 
that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life and will raise him up in the last day. But I think I just read the wrong verse, and I did. I apologize. (laughs) On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, and there's that word again, thirst. We come back again to it, thirsty. How thirsty are you? Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow the rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, who those believing in him would receive. Believing in him. You believe in Jesus you receive the Holy Spirit. He comes and dwells in your life. That is the reason why you get the convictions when things come across your heart. When you do something wrong, you should be convicted immediately by the Holy Spirit, and you should repent immediately right and then. Don't dwell on it. As soon as you are convicted of something that you've done, you need to go ahead and repent and ask God to forgive you because if you don't do it then, you will probably forget about it. And that conviction, it means a lot. It means that you're a son and then, or a daughter, and it means that he loves you, and he wants to, he wants to set you on the right path. Amen. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Remember to stay thirsty for God in all your circumstances, for he's the only one that can bring us to peace. He's the only one. It doesn't matter what you're going through, uh, church doesn't matter if you're thirsty and you're hungry after God he's the only one that can give you a peace inside your heart you're not alone when you have Jesus you're never alone the enemy's going to make you think that you're alone but you're not verse 3 goes to say my tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me where is your God Being a believer is not always easy. You're going to be out there in the world. People are going to mock you for your belief. People are going to knock you down. It's just another way of being in another circumstance. But are you going to glorify God by representing Jesus in those times when people mock you? You know, you tell them that Jesus loves them. They don't want to hear it. You know, don't be mean to them back. Just continue about your day. Dust off your shoes and and go on to the next one. And I wanted to ask y'all a question because it's deep. And, and sometimes we get to the point in our relationship as Christians, we can become stagnant. And I keep thinking about, you know, when's the last time, church, that we actually got on our hands and knees and cried out to God in worship? I'm going to tell a little bit of my life. Um, a lot of stuff people don't know. Uh, this is a... Uh, kind of tears me up a little bit because I was saved when I was 17 years old and I was in a good youth group. And uh, I was married previously before Stacy. And I would say probably when I was 23 or 24, um, found out, you know, I was already supposed to be a dad, okay? So if I get a little teary-eyed, I'm sorry. Oh. But, um... She was pregnant, and uh, she wanted to get an abortion. I didn't. So um, not a lot of people know that. So when she did it, I weeped and cried 
almost day and night, and I didn't even have a relationship with God anymore. But I knew it was wrong. See, I knew it was wrong. And I cried. And it was one of those circumstances, church, when I didn't have God, and I didn't know who He was. I went through that situation alone then because I didn't have relationship with Jesus then. I, was, I wasn't there like I was supposed to be, like I grew up in the church. And then God, thank God that he's a redeeming God. Because three and a half, almost four years now, I gave my life back to him. He brought me here. He found my wife. He allowed me to grow in him to the point now to where I'm up here where I never thought I would be. And it is nothing I've done, church, except be obedient to what God's called me to do. And it comes to obedience to him and this life. So you say, what's the circumstance now? Even though I'm saved. You see, there's one thing that I had that was really close, and it was my grandpa, okay? In this past three and a half years, almost four my dad died before the wedding, okay? I wanted him to be there too, and I wanted him to be a part of everything, but he died. It's a circumstance in life that happens. But more importantly, I had an even closer relationship with my grandpa. You see, he loved Stacy. We'd go visit him on Mondays on my day off or when we could, and I'd do his yard on Mondays and take care of him. And boy, was he excited to see Noah. But two weeks before Noah was to be born, my grandpa had a stroke and nobody got to him in time and everything set in in his life. And in my grandpa's will, he decided that if he had to be left alive on machines, he didn't want to be. So the day that Noah was born, that morning, my grandpa died that night. And you say circumstances, they still happen to us all. And see, I battled with that with God still. I talked to her about it because that's what I wanted more than anything in my life was to have some pictures and so my, my grandpa could see his great-grandson. But that didn't happen. But I don't take it out on God. I don't take it out on anything because things in this life happen. And you know what? I had him and he gets me through. My father gets me through those situations because I go to him and I worship him in the times of need. But not only in the times of need that I worship God, but when things are going well in my life as well, I worship God. Because we shouldn't only come to him when we need something and we're down and out. We should worship him even in the happy times. And listen, I... I'm, I'm almost done. There's, there's not much here except for I want to read this last verse because I want you to remember. I want you to remember who you are in Christ. It says, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise. With the multitude that kept a pilgrim's feast. And that's what I want you to remember today, church. It says, remember when the Holy Spirit called you for the first time. I want you to take a moment right now. Just think about that first time that the Holy Spirit called you and you came down to these altars. 
you gave your life to Christ, I want you to remember how you felt. I want you to remember right now that presence of Christ that you felt, the presence in your life, the Holy Spirit. Remember those times you felt in his presence. We can feel him like that every day. We can feel him like that every day. But it's going to come down to a choice from every single one of you and me. We all are individuals in here. Some of us are married, some of us are not. But your spouse, she ain't going to be able to do it for you. Your children ain't going to be able to do it for you. Children, teenagers, your parents can't get this done for you. It's something you have to go and do. It's a relationship that you have to go and build. But it's got to be something you want to do because our Heavenly Father gave us a choice and He will not force you to do it. He will never force you to do anything against your will. Everything is your choice. So, when it comes down to those circumstances, you can either bask in the presence of of God Almighty and let him comfort you and give you the peace that is needed in your life. Or again, you can complain about your situation and what's going on and continue to miss that still, small, quiet voice of God. Church, Brandon, I know this is the earliest thing, but Brandon, would you, would you come to the computer? Come to the piano. And I really, I really want you to take the time and this opportunity right now just to examine your lives right now in this house where you're at about that remembering when you first came to Christ and where you're, where you're at now in your walk with Christ. And these altars, they're going to be open. If there's circumstances that are going on in your life right now, come to these altars. Worship your Father. Worship Him. Nobody can worship Him for you. If you want that healing touch, if you want that peace in your life, if you want that comfort, then come. Worship Him. Give it to Him. Because there's no man or woman that's going to give it to you. There's not one in here that can. We can give you some encouraging words and we can uplift you. But there is no one that can minister to your spirit like the Father. There's no one that can touch you and break you down like the Father. Circumstances come and they go away. Some circumstances stay. So come, if you need something, come.